Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Not to mention, Kevin Nagandi, $100 million worth of cap room. Number one overall Ooh. pick. Huge roster construction. Reconstruction coming for Urban Meyer. Welcome back to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. It's been 21, 20 hours since we've seen you. Key, J, getting ready for a divisional weekend in the that NFL. Would be correct, Zubin. Great, Let's go. Great stuff. So here's the deal. Key yesterday said, and Key, we got to mark the tape. I don't know if they do that in 2021. That seems like a very 1990s thing to say, but uh, <laughs> we got to mark the tape because yesterday I said to Key, I said, isn't it kind of strange we have all these NFL head coaches? No! And, and we haven't had any of them filled. And Key said, no! And sure enough, mark the tape. Key is now right. Maybe for the first time. No, Key is right. Ah. He said, listen, over the next three days, you're going to see at least three hires. And then we're basically, as soon as the other teams that are deep into the playoffs that have coordinators, eventually when those teams are eliminated, they'll fill up real quick. Key, you're right. We had two yesterday since we left. We got one more today. Boom. We're right on target. Urban Meyer, Jacksonville, Robert Sala, the Jets. Yeah, it, it happens though, right? It feels like when the season's over, Teams are hiring and hiring. Remember, it's not college football. There is no recruiting period where they got to hire a guy immediately as soon as that seat becomes available. They've got to do their research and go through this whole lengthy process to make sure that they're getting the guy to align with them and all of that sort of stuff. So you got two down. You probably got one more to go here over the next couple of days. And then, as you said, once the divisional round is completed, now a couple of those coordinators, you start to take a look at that and see where the next wave of head coaching vacancies beef will get filled. Uh, Urban Meyer to Jacksonville, it was destined to happen. When you start hearing crazy numbers being floated out there at the $12 million number and he's getting on a plane and he's meeting on the yacht and he's at the house eating lunch and just all the stuff that you align with coaches taking jobs being sneaky along the way, putting their staffs together, because they go real silent on you. Mm-hmm. And they still go real silent. And, you know, this world, no one can hold water. The moment that someone says something, they start getting all giddy. They're going to call another person who's calling another person. What you think? You think I should do this? Urban called me last night. And then everything start floating, fl- starts to float out there. And guys like our Adam Shefty and Dad Graziani, they get it, and then they start to – put their pieces together, and then the news is made that Urban Meyer is eventually going to take the Jaguars' job, and he took it yesterday evening. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know what the years are, but I do know that he has about $100 million in cap space, 11 picks, including the first first overall pick. The intriguing part of that, Jay and Z, is what will he do with the number one overall pick? What is his staff going to look like? Is Trent Baalke, the former general manager of the San Francisco 49ers, who helped Jim Harbaugh lead them to a Super Bowl, who is now in place as the interim general manager, will he be retained as a full-time general manager to kind of ease the process? And, And I would think for Urban Meyer that the buck stops with him. All sign off is him. He has full control, I would think, because a guy with this type of legacy, uh, pedigree is surely not going to go into a situation where he does not have full control, Jay. Key, can we have a quick tangent for one second? Sure. Um, why do I feel like Zubin and Key, maybe a week ago, Eric Bieniemy's whole head was sticking out the door seeing what's going on, and now I feel like that door is closed so much already so fast, and with Brian Dabble potentially going – Dable, I may have butchered his name either way, going Too to the Chargers. Too many Dables and Days and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Not enough um, Zubins. <laughs> definitely not enough Zubins. Um, 
But if that door is closed drastically, if that opportunity happens, like Eric Bieniemy is looking for the second year, that in a would row, be that would be Bieniemy. You mix you mix Bieniemy and Dable together. <laughs> Got it, Bieniemy. You know what I'm talking about. It's here. early in the morning. Stop I picking on me so early. But it, it, it's amazing how fast that happens. Again, you're two, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it, we look. We still got some vacancies, right? We just don't know. Um, you know, Houston is still there. Uh, the Jets fill their spot. Jags fill their spot. Chargers are still there. Detroit just hired their general manager yesterday, which I, I love. Um, that is still available. Atlanta is is has basically targeted their general manager. Uh, I think they agreed in principle. Uh so the head coaching vacancies are still available. So it's not too late. Remember, there were seven job openings, I think, Jay, right? Was yeah, it seven? Yeah. So they feel two. You got five more to go, right? Let's see what happens. Here's what I would say, fellas. There's three major concerns with me with regards to Urban Meyer. Key, you mentioned one of them. And then there's a macro question I think that needs to be addressed. Number one is control. Right. A guy's always had mm-hmm. that level of control. So you're going to expect to get that level of control. Absolutely. Number two, we got to just state this. Urban Meyer claims, and I have no reason to not believe him, even though there's always skeptics out there about everything, that he stepped away from his last two jobs. Not his last job. He stepped away from his last two jobs in coaching because of health concerns. He yes. had major health concerns in Florida. He stepped away. There were some people that thought there was something else, but I'm not going to listen to those people. He said, I have some health concerns. I got a son. Yes. I got a couple daughters. Yes. I want to see them grow up, play college sports. I'm stepping away. Yes. Then... He takes the Ohio State job, does a great job, and then, even though there were some things going on with some assistant coaches and there were some things inside the Ohio State program in the university that didn't particularly go Meyer's way and people were holding him culpable for, a rogue assistant coach, some sexual assault allegations involving members of his staff, he walked away after defeating Washington in the Rose Bowl, essentially saying, look, I have a cyst in my head. I am sick. I am ill. I need to walk away. Now you're walking into an NFL head coaching job, which might be one of the most stressed, pressure-packed jobs Mm. in all of American sports. And the last two jobs you walked away from because you were too ill to continue. That concerns me. Well, look, which part concerns you? That he's his health or that he's just saying stuff as he steps down. Which part? The, no, 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 no. The former. The compounding okay. interest of saying he legitimately right. had health concerns at yes. both places, and now he's going to a job where the stress level is going Zubin. to ratchet up. Yeah, Jack. I was going to say real quick, like, it's funny, and I'm sure Key's felt this way around legendary coaches who've coached their whole life. This is their whole existence, right? This is who they are, like, fully. Like, they are so invested in the game and the X's and O's of the game. Like, it's absorbed in their DNA. That's not going to change. Like, it's, it's, it's addictive to change and to be in that, have that kind of control and also help people at the same time, right, by forming teammates and things of that sort. Like, this is who Urban Meyer is. Well, it, it, look, here, here's what I would say. Urban Meyer is not going to take a head coach job or get involved in a situation that – is going to put his health at risk. I mean, these coaches have doctors, and they got all sorts of stuff. He's not going to all of a sudden just decide, oh, I'm going to go back to coaching. When working on television, he's still coaching, believe it or not. He's still stressed. He's still thinking about X's and O's and how can I do this. And if I, if I was on the sideline, uh, so that stress level may not be as high, but it's still there. And – 
You see it in I, players that don't want to leave the game. Like to sure. Jay's point about coaches and this is their life, you see it in players that don't want to leave. That just mm-hmm. even when they leave, they still think they can still play and they still training as if they're gonna get a call because it's just embedded in them. That was one of the reasons I retired early is because I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to sit around and be in my fifteenth year playing football, and by the time I get to 16, I still think I'm the same guy when I was in in my seventh Mm -hmm. year in the league because I just don't want to leave. I want to be one of the guys. I still want to wear an earring in my ear. (laughs) You you know that dude, Jay. That's why you're laughing. Man, I'm damn near. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, come on, man. You know that guy. I still got an earring. We all know that guy, kid. I got an earring in my ear, and I'm training like I'm getting ready to go to training camp. Because I can't get it out of my system. A hoop earring, Key. A hoop earring. Well, not necessarily that, but just the I got an earring and I still think I got swag and I'm fifty years old. Man, sit down somewhere. Last concern <laughs> I would just say here in our final minute is that Urban Meyer at every stop along the way, bowling green and at Florida, Ohio State, everywhere he has been, Utah. Never had a losing record anywhere. In fact, the worst record he's ever had anywhere. He was like eight and five at Florida when they had one dip year. But think about that. At every stop of the way, with major talent, major resources, minor resources, everywhere he's been, he's always been able to overcome immediately. His first year at Bowling Green, he was 8-3 and three out of the gate. He didn't need to rebuild at all, even at the start of his career. Never a losing record ever in any of his 17 years coaching in college football. And the way that the Jags are constructed right now, Key, you got to believe a losing record is in the – I don't care how good he is, a losing record is likely coming. They're a 1-15 football team. Here, here's what I would say. As, as Bill Parcells, who's coming on with us later on in the show, as he told me one day, he goes, winning is great. You got a whole party of friends around you. Losing, you're lonely at the top. Nobody wants to talk to you. Everybody runs for the hills when you start losing. So we'll see. Well said. Bill will join in an hour and 45 minutes at 8 a.m. Eastern. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Bill, the legend, the tuna, will join us on the Goodyear hotline. On the way. Urban Meyer is just half the story. Why what the Jets did yesterday could even J-E-T-S, be a bigger story than Meyer finally arriving in the NFL. That's next on ESPN Radio. The Jets are hiring former 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala as their new head coach. Sides agree on a five-year deal. Reminds me a lot of the calm of Herm Edwards, but the fire of Rex Ryan. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Chishon, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. 
So that's the second hey. shoe that dropped yesterday. Back page of the New York Post. Been on a lot of those. Yes. Keyshawn took the money and ran. <laughs> Robert Sala got some money and ran towards Florham Park. Mr. Green for Gang Green on the back of the New York Post this morning. And speaking of... The Jets, Jets Uber fan Mike Greenberg, mm-hmm. his show, of course, follows ours on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only Mike can. Have the newsmakers you'd expect and interact with you every single weekday morning from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, Redding to Greeny, weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. So you heard the deal. Robert Sala, last four years, defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers, will be the new head coach of the Jets. The Jets, over the course of their history, have always tended to hire defensive-minded coaches. Of course, their last coach was offensively inclined, but if you take yeah. a look at the arc of the history of the franchise. So much for that. <laughs> Brilliant key, mind. What, what do you guys mean? <laughs> before key and after key, generally been defensive guys. Here's Adam <laughs> Schefter on exactly why Sala was the man in New York. They loved his energy. They loved his outlook. They loved his perspective. I think they loved everything about what he would bring to this particular job. They sat down, and from the time they sat down with him, they were enamored with the energy, the spunk, the intelligence that he would bring to that job. His players loved him in San Francisco. His players loved him in Houston when he was there. You saw after the Jets announced the agreement with him on Thursday night, Richard Sherman said the New York Jets got themselves a great one. Those are Richard Sherman's words. Richard Sherman knows a thing or two about coaches, and I think the Jets shared an opinion, and that's why they gave Robert Sala a five-year deal. You know, the, the great thing is when you when you look at Robert, Robert Sala, who is uh, Lebanese descent, he is a guy who is coming from San Francisco. And like Adam said, whenever you have somebody like a Richard Sherman saying that they got him a good one and the track record speaks for itself, it, it, it shows. There it is. Defense is where it's at. Uh, you look at where he uh, uh, took over at and where he ended at with the defense. There was no major drop-off. Everything was consistent. There was no highs and low dips, even though when you look at the roster and the makeup of the 49ers defense, that they kind of fell apart from injuries, but they stayed the course, and he was able to still manage a defense to put them in the top 10 in the NFL defensively. And and, and so you got to think that they got him a guy who is young, the team is still young, and they can build off of this and take their time. It's no rush or pressure to all of a sudden go to the Super Bowl in a year or two, but could be a consistent builder and show progress where they hadn't in the past. Uh, Adam Gase didn't show anything. He didn't show anything at Miami, but he was hired with the Jets. I don't think that that's what you're going to see with, with Robert, Robert Sala and the New York Jets coming over from San Francisco. Key, I agree with you. Look, Robert Sala is a leader. Like, he's a everyday, come to work, no BS, say it to you straight, and you feel that when you see him every single time, right? Like, it's not only are his defensive numbers great, uh, but the way he leads, and I feel like with Adam Gase, that's such a dichotomy. Right? Adam Gase was sometimes passive-aggressive, sometimes saying things that were a little bit cocky and arrogant, and then wasn't performing on the field, and when you... When you roll that way, if you're not winning a high clip, it's not going to work, right? I feel like Salah is going to be more steady. But, Key, I want to bring it to a different point, too. Like, because you said it and didn't really see it at the time, but it, it makes sense now because, Zubin, I'm going to bring back something I said. I always said I would love to see Sam Darnold play for the 49ers, mm. right? Like that Kyle Shanahan offense 
And Q was like, look, Sam Darnold can end up being the quarterback here. I think and now you're trending towards more of a direction with Michael Floor, the passing coach from the 49ers, the Kyle Shanahan tree, right? Like that can all be built right there in New York. You keep Sam Darnold, you use the pick the way you want to, or you trade down, whatever you use, you know, whatever you want to hold for it, and you start building that way. It's really interesting the position there now, Key. Well, you know, passing game coordinator uh, LaFleur coming over from San Francisco, who's the brother of the head coach of the Green Bay Packers and Matt LaFleur. So there's going to be some Shanahan principles, some West Coast principles, something Mm. that uh, Sam Darnold ran in college and was used to running. So you kind of you're going to bring that style, a quick game. Five-step drops, three-step drops, get the ball out fast, not all this seven-step play-action stuff, understanding quarterback play. And that's what you got to be able to have as an offensive coordinator if you decide that he, Sam Darnold's your guy moving forward. They're in a great spot, right? They could hijack the draft if they choose to do so. Yep. And by what I mean by that is sitting at number two, depending on what happens at one, if – Jacksonville in, decides to do something different at one with Urban Meyer and they go Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence is sitting there too and the Jets decide that they're going to trade it because somebody wants to come Kid, up. Kid, do you, do you really think that's realistic that the Jaguars would take Justin Fields at number one? You don't think they would package that up and trade it before they would take Justin Fields? I, I really don't know, right, obviously. But let's, let's assume they stay there. And let's assume Urban Meyer's familiarity with Justin Fields and Urban Meyer's familiarity with a program that he built built at Ohio State, recruited Justin Fields since his freshman year. He wanted between Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. uh, And Justin Fields decided to go to Georgia because of baseball and football. And then he elected to leave Georgia when Jake Fromm beat him out, according to Zubin. Um, <laughs> and it happened. It was it, a fact. Check it, it out. It, and now he goes there, and Ryan Day is somebody who he signed off on to become the head coach to replace him, and there's a relationship there. So all of the intel that he would need in, on Justin Fields in the meeting rooms, and he gets it right there. For, he knows what the kid is. So it's easier – to digest and take a quarterback or take a player that you have so much information about if he aligns to what you want to do. Trevor Lawrence is still a prize pick for a lot of people in the National Football League, so maybe they move up to two and the Jets move down, pick up a few more picks uh, and secure their future with draft picks and build a team because nothing – is in a hurry right now for New York. Last couple of things I just want to mention, and this is really important, and it's something we haven't really discussed, and I'm actually disappointed it's not getting more run, so I'm just going to bring it up here, and we have to, we have to talk about it here for the last minute. Number one, the NFL is breathing a huge sigh of relief today. Yesterday, somebody hired a minority, and yesterday the most sought-after guy with regards to clicks and interest both got hired. So Urban Meyer is now in the league, mm. and Robert Sala, who is a minority coach, is now here. The other thing that's not getting a lot of attention as you up the minority total from Tomlin to Flores to Rivera, and now obviously Robert Sala. The other thing I want to mention, and Key mentioned this very much in passing right before we started the show, but this is really important. So, fellas, just give me a minute. The Detroit Lions hired a GM yesterday yesterday. 
named Brad Holmes. African-American, had spent the last 18 years with the Rams. He was part of drafts. He was a director of college scouting. He saw Aaron Donald. He saw Jared Goff. And for that great period of time where Todd Gurley was explosive, they drafted Todd Gurley. He becomes the third minority GM joining Chris Greer of the Dolphins and Andrew Berry, the young, bright light for the Cleveland Browns, who's not even in his mid-30s yet. Add on top of that that there are reports that the Atlanta Falcons are on the verge of hiring Terry Fontenot, who's the assistant general manager, also a minority right now with the New Orleans Saints. So we can talk all about the coaching hires, but there is important work being done at the front office level as well. Absolutely. That's important. We just need to say Absolutely. Detroit, second time hiring a uh, minority African-American general manager. So they're not afraid. No doubt about it. Just wanted to mention it. On the way, another week, another player disrespecting the Browns. And yes, it's another guy that's going to see the Browns on the field this weekend. We'll get into that and who said it and what he said after I remind you that Stephen A. Smith goes beyond the headlines to unlock a unique world of hot takes, one-of-a-kind segments, and can't-miss interviews. He had Snoop on the first show. Stream all this and more on his new show, Stephen A.'s World, exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. And of course, on ESPN+, Plus, you can watch the rest and listen to the rest of our radio lineup. Greeny, Barton Hahn, Max Kellerman at 2 Eastern, and Shanae and Golick at 4 Eastern, all streaming every weekday on ESPN Plus. All the pressure is on Kansas City. Mahomes hasn't played in three weeks. The Browns aren't supposed to be here. You're trying to look and just make sure that you take care of business against the Browns. I think there's no telling what this Browns team could end up doing. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Good morning, I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. The Jacksonville Jaguars have hired Urban Meyer as their head coach, setting up a fascinating situation. Meyer comes in with 11 draft picks. million worth of cap room, and for the first time in franchise history, the number one overall pick. A winner literally at every stop. Can he turn around the team that had the most losses of any 
in the NFL. I want to quickly also mention the Falcons have offered their head coaching position to Arthur Smith. He is the Titans offensive coordinator. That's according to our Diana Russini. We'll work that story, and if it happens, we'll get Diana on the phone right away. Another head coaching hire yesterday. The 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala. Four years by the bay, 3,000 miles the other way. Hired as a head coach of the Jets, he'll bring along Mike LaFour, the passing game coordinator for the 49ers the last four years, to be his OC. If that surname sounds familiar, his brother is the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And life without James Harden begins. The Rockets won their first game without the beard. They beat the Spurs by four points yesterday. If you're wondering, the Nets' next play against the Orlando Magic at home at the Barclays Center Tomorrow night, Harden Watch will be on. And SportsCenter is presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. The question is, how easy of a time will the Kansas City Chiefs have with the Cleveland Browns as we get set for divisional weekend? Uh, Pardon the cliche, but Key, if I hear another person tell me this is their favorite weekend of the NFL playoffs, I think my head is going to explode. This is my favorite weekend of the NFL playoffs. I I love the one where they hand out the trophy and say, oh, by the way, this is why we've been doing this since late July. Well, every (laughs) single week is the favorite, right? Wild card Mm -hmm. weekend, divisional, championship week, and then the Super Bowl. Fair enough. So will the Chiefs, who were in the Super Bowl and won it last year, will they win their second title in as many years after waiting 50 years between championships? Or will the Browns play in the Super Bowl for the first time in their franchise history? Let's you know, dig Zubin, into you, you know what's so f- interesting about this weekend? This is really truly where the stars of football is made. And, and that's why people do like and, it. I was only so, half joking there, right? And, I mean, and, yeah. and, because the divisional is like you're two games away from getting to the Super Bowl. We're legit. Either we got the bye or we won a game and we deserve to yeah, be. When you can't you, tell us we can't. You don't be. talk about dudes that ball wild card weekend. You right. talk about dudes that ball this weekend right. and the next. Right, because mm-hmm. you win this weekend, you're on the cusp, and then you're on the cusp of you-know-what, the Super Bowl. Okay, so obviously the Chiefs have been there, done that. The Browns are trying to get there, do that. So, Sammy Watkins, ready to go. And you heard what Juju Smith-Schuster of the Steelers, you heard Chase Claypool, maybe some sour grapes after they lost to the Browns, essentially saying, hey, they're not that much of competition. Sammy Watkins, who's battled a lot of injuries this year, got a tweet uh, from... I, actually, Zubin, I was going to uh, say, Clay Claypool actually said he doesn't like the way that the Browns mocked Juju. I'm like, actually, that's not what happened. <laughs> Clay's, like, you know, they actually... Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry, sir. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, Mapletron had a great season. But as, as I said, I didn't think that was a great one on the way out the door. But uh, this is the power of social media. You could reach out to anyone at any time. So a dude named Hunter, who by the looks of his uh, avatar here, he's got Chief celebrating in the avatar. So I'm guessing he's a Kansas City fan. Hunter, essentially, just a dude named Hunter. That's all it comes down to. Tweeted at Sammy Watkins. Looks like we got some comp next week. In other words, looks like we got some competition next week. We can actually step up. Who knew the Browns could reel off 28 in the first quarter? We might actually have to pay attention to this team. Sammy Watkins then simply replied to our guy, Hunter, I wouldn't go that far, LOL. So in other words, channeling a little bit of juju and a little bit of chase. So Hunter's not a, a, a Cleveland Brown. No, no, Hunter he's just is a, a, fan, a fan. He's a Chiefs fan yeah. and essentially yeah. saying, hey, man, we got a little competition yeah, this week, Sammy. You better get ready. Yeah, and Sammy's but, like, come on, man. But that's the same thing. If you said something to me, I'd be like, stop. Well, right? I mean, it's the same thing. It's not – he's not – Sammy is not going at the Cleveland Browns. I understand that from you guys' standpoint in the media, Zubin, that you guys like to <laughs> – 
you and Jay, y'all like to drum Jeez, it up. And every, time, every time. I need to see your media credential right now. If I don't see your media credential, you can't talk like but, that. You but know that. in all seriousness, though, he's not taking a shot directly at the Cleveland Browns. He's, he's talking back to a fan who tweeted at him, and he's just letting him know. No, man, we we good. We're not worried about them. And, Jay, before you step in, just real quick, it's time for mm-hmm. Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let's just say Baker Mayfield is not taking the bait here at all. I have no problem with it, to be honest with you, because if you don't have confidence, uh, it, then you, you're you not going to have success. And those guys have been doing it together for a few years now. They have a ton of confidence in each other. Uh, and so, I mean, it's just people get mad when you put it out there as, you know, your quote-unquote bulletin board material. But, um I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It comes with the nature of this game that you got to be confident and got to know and believe in yourself. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Jay, now that we've got the totality of it, we got the fan, we got Sammy, we got Cleveland responding. What do you think? You know, like, uh, it doesn't bother me what Sammy said, but I I think what's more impressive to me is that the way that the Browns continue to handle everything. You know, every time I remember the Browns, I remember them being this team, especially last year, all this hype was about, there was a lot of talk uh, from their camp. And this year, they, they're only really speaking when they're being spoken about, right, by somebody else, like somebody referencing what Juju said or, uh, you know, kind of addressing this but not barking back loud, just letting their play, uh, you know, kind of dictate their words, right? Like it's, uh, it, it's, it's impressive to see the change in the dynamic of this franchise. It, it, look, it doesn't mean that Cleveland's going to all of a sudden – light a match and go get the Kansas City Chiefs. Much like Baker said, bulletin board material, you don't – this is not college football. This is not high school football. They're not posting things all over the locker room. Talking, See what he said. They'll deal with that in the postgame. If they win, they'll say something. If they lose, nothing will be said. The same thing that happened with the Washington football team when young Chase said what he said – as a young football player in the National Football League, talking about getting after Tom Brady, the offensive linemen did their job, and that was it. Game over. But, they didn't win see, the game. Well, nothing to talk about. Key, I kind of disagree with you just a little bit on this one here. I, I just, I mean, for what the Browns, are, new? <laughs> oh, we agree on a lot. Stop. All I'm saying is that the, the Browns are this team that I feel like constantly play with a chip on their shoulder, and I'm not saying that it's going to be said outwardly, but. You do need somebody to light some kind of flame, especially when you play. You've had the kind of season that you've had this year, right? To find different ways to drive yourself. Like my thing is that the Browns are a team that do have the pieces that could actually have a chance to win this game. I know people are just discounting them, but once again, they're going to continue to use things like that internally to kind of push Jay, themselves to a different they, level. If they need somebody to motivate them doing the divisional playoffs, then they're not going to make it anyway. If they if they gone if they've done everything they've done in the regular season and then win in Pittsburgh on the wild card weekend and they need motivation to beat Kansas City if they don't have internal motivation and understand the prizes at the end and they don't have that motivation they're not gonna win anyway. I hear all I'm saying is every ounce of motivation counts, right? They can already have it, but if there are little things that you see that consistently think that people will disrespect you, that does add a little bit to the feel. You know I, what I, mean? I, I don't think that the Kansas City Chiefs are disrespecting the Cleveland Browns. But I also don't think that the Cleveland Browns are going to win the football game, no matter what. Yes, everybody has – everybody in the National Football League, the damn Jets can play Kansas City this week and have a chance. It, 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 everybody has a chance. That's why uh, we play the game. I wouldn't say the Jets but have in the, the same end, kind of chance the Browns have. What, 
in the Just end, saying. though, Jay, they've got to play the game. In the end, they still got to play the game. It, it doesn't matter what someone says, Zubin. Nope. You got to play. No doubt about it. And we are ready to go to dig into detail on this game. There's been so much chatter here between Sammy Watkins, Baker Mayfield, the fans. Let's get down to brass tacks. What's going to happen on the field? There's a lot of interesting stories swirling around the Browns and the Chiefs. Kimberly A. Martin is going to cover the game for ESPN. It'll take place Sunday at 3.05 Eastern at Arrowhead Stadium. And I guess the first thing I've got to ask you, Kim, and (laughs) this just shows you how big of a story the Browns have become, that the first question is not going to be about the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, Stefanski now back in the mix after missing the wild card game uh, due to COVID protocols. Can you talk a little bit about what coaches said and your reporting is telling you about integrating him back into the mix? Oh, it's, I mean, he's raring to go and the guys are glad to have him back. Guys did make a little joke, you know, should you stay in the basement a little bit because based <laughs> off of what we saw, how, how we saw them play last week. Right. But, you know, uh, Kevin Stefanski's back. Daryl Hodge, uh, one of their wide receivers is off the COVID list. So as of now, only left guard Joel Batonio, the longest tenured Brown, who has yet to play in a playoff game because he, had to, he was forced to sit out last week. He is the only guy still on the COVID list as of right now, but they're expecting him back uh, on Sunday for the Chiefs game. So that's good news from a COVID standpoint. The Browns are feeling good. They're feeling themselves. They don't care what Sammy has to say. They don't care what I have to say, what Key has to say. Um, they're going into this feeling like we belong here. And, uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski has preached from day one, do your job. He's taking the Belichick-ism, mm. do your job. And that's what they've sort of been doing all year, each guy contributing, and you saw that last week. Kimberly A. Martin, how are you doing this <laughs> yes, morning? Yes, my friend. What's going on? <laughs> so, when, so when you look at this, when you look <laughs> at this, morning. When you look at this football game, Kansas City, Cleveland, and you talk about a guy like Patrick Mahomes now embarking up on possibly his second championship, how do they feel with the time off that they'll respond to that time off? Pretty good because Andy Reid, he's money when he's got downtime, when he's got a week or two to prepare for dudes. Like he feels they're fully confident. Um, because first of all, you look at that roster, why would you not be confident with, with that roster? Why would you not be confident with that QB? I think we've seen, you know, unlike the Steelers, who when they have some time to rest, they come out and they struggle and they're slow and they seem to lose momentum. It seems to be the opposite for Andy Reid. Um, so they're feeling good. They're not at all um, worried about any layoff or feeling like, oh, you know, we don't feel quite right. So I think the defending Super Bowl champs are ready to get on the field, and I don't think they'll make the same mistake as far as looking past the Cleveland Browns. Well, Clyde, Edwards, Hilaire, too many names, coming back and being ready to go with Le'Veon Bell in the backfield as well. How will they do that rotation? So obviously it'll be wait and see, right? But it's good to have options. You know, I think when you're playing a team like the Browns, who you know they have arguably the best running back tandem in the league, they in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you know, with, with the Chiefs, you want to be able to counter with a one-two punch too, right? You want Because if your running game is not working, clearly the easiest thing is for your DBs to sit back and be like, okay, they're just going to pass the ball, which clearly Patrick Mahomes can do. Um, but – Clyde Allaire, I think, you know, he's had an up-and-down year, 
um, between injuries and, and lack of production after a good start. So it'll be interesting to see how often he's used and how well he does because the playoffs are, are a different animal. It's a di- like the intensity is different. Um, the pressure is different. You know, got, the Browns, they'll tell, like, I look at them as a team that has nothing to lose. Like, no one thought they'd be here. So I expect them to come out and, and look to stop the run game for sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they use them. Kimberly A. Martin joining us on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, our ESPN NFL reporter, will be covering the game. That Real quick for me, uh, Kimberly, Kareem Hunt going back to Kansas City, the team that drafted him, where's his emotions at? Oh, man, he said he's a man on a mission. Like, he said this is personal. Teammates even, Nick Chubb said this week, you know, Kareem's been talking about this game as though he knew it was going to happen, like this matchup would happen. So he, the, the key to me is, this can't be too emotional for Kareem. Like they, he has to continue doing what he's been doing with Nick Chubb. They don't care who's how they split the carries because they both have been productive. He needs to come out, have a good game, but not like the emotions of the moment and where he's playing overtake him. Kim, I want to talk to you real quick about the Jets and their new head coach, Robert Sala. Uh, it's a re- good day. It's a it, good day it, for Jets fans, right? It's a great Everybody day, right? Be happy at Especially today. with the, you know, how he's announcing his staff. I mean, bringing on Mike LaFleur with him, uh, a guy that comes from that kind of Kyle Shanahan offense. What does that mean for Sam Darnold? I don't think we know what that means. Mm. <laughs> In all seriousness, LaFleur could – could work to fix Sam Darnold, but right now everything's on the table. When you got a new head coach, um, the GM who didn't draft Sam Darnold, that was the old GM, uh, you've watched three years of bad quarterback play, and you're a team that has the number two overall pick. Like it, it, Sam Darnold's future with the team isn't at all set. Um, if you're Sam Darnold, you might be somewhat hyped, like, okay, cool, Salah, like, LaFleur, okay, I, I feel like, you know, based on what they've done in San Francisco, this could be good for us, but that doesn't necessarily mean he'll be on the roster in September. You know, I've said before, like, if you don't have a QB, you have nothing. And the Jets right now, Salah is inheriting a, a, a situation where he has no QB. He has no set answer. The Jets ruined Sam Darnold's development. So it'll be on him to decide if, if he can sort of fix a decent QB and turn them into something great or just say, hey, you know what? There's a lot of holes to fix. And with that number two pick, I'm moving on to a new QB. It's great perspective because Kim spent five years on the Jets beat. And it seems like, you know, it seems like that's at least good for two or three <laughs> head coaches, right? Five years. Of- <laughs> now- <laughs> there was. I was for the rest days. Yep. <laughs> now they've got one that they hopefully feel will be there for a long time. See if they get this one right. This is being uh, universally praised throughout the NFL and football circles as a great move for the Jets. And Kim concurs. Kim, we will look for you Sunday before the game on Sunday NFL countdown. And then after the game on SportsCenter for the very latest between the Browns and the Chiefs, one of whom will be headed to the AFC title game. Kim, thank you very much. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, guys. Fellas, let's go from A. Wait, hold what on. What's we ain't going from A to C just yet. Okay, hang on. Jay. Yeah. What was Claypool's name? I was Stop, trying to man. avoid this. You know, no, you, get, I, you, get, you no, get a tongue what? twister. I know it's Chase Claypool, and I said Clace Chaypool. <laughs> I got it. Hey, I botched a few in my time, too. I just, you guys are the worst. I knew this was going to happen. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I said, damn it. Well, look, gonna- you know, you, but you know, I'm not going to be the one. It's going to be Twitter. Is that English? What does this mean? Ah, that's going to be the one.
I mean, why do you think people call me Z? I mean, which is like, now we can't finally, you can't get it wrong. Right? No, people, we just got a lot of how names. Could you, how I mean, could you botch Zubin? You, you'd be surprised. Nobody, nobody gave Key any mess uh, when he messed up on uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I did, but see, you see. You said, ooh, too many names. Yeah, it, I got out of it. I just, <laughs> see, you didn't. You kept going. You just wanted it to go away. Yeah, that's get out of it. You just keep going. Act like it didn't happen. But I. <laughs> oh, jeez. We knew who you meant, of course. We knew who you meant. You guys are the worst. As we go from A to Z, here's an unmistakable name that all sports fans know. That would be one Mickey Mantle as we go from A to Z here. Mickey Mantle, $5.2 million. The sale of a Mickey Mantle baseball card, $5.2 million. Key, real quick. This is how our crew tried to do us wrong this morning. I'm, re- I'm reading the notes. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is worth $5.2 million. Key's card on Amazon worth $2. Jay's card on Amazon worth $1.50. That's what our no, crew tries that, to do that, to us, that, My card that's worth $2 is probably a card that they duplicated 18 million times. But I'm not spending. Well, I guess it's art, though, right? Yeah, it's an $5.2 million? It's art. It's an investment. They put it away, and it goes up. I, I'm not a collector, Zubin, so, you know. It just sounds absurd, but I, I, I guess that's a collector's item. It's probably the only one in the world. Yes. Zubin, sports yes. cards right now are one of the hottest things out there in business. Like, yeah. it is booming, these cards. It's one of those things where it's like, it's retro. What's old is new again. We're all over the age where we kind of remember where, like, baseball card collecting was a thing. If you're, like, a millennial now, you're like, what in the world are you talking about? Yeah. But it was a big thing back in the day. Uh, yeah, five, two, I... I, it's got to be art. That's the only thing, right? I yep. mean, saying, that's the way I would justify it. And uh, no offense to the fellas because they had great athletic careers and I just watched them. But think about it. The shipping and handling on a key or J card is more expensive than the card, right? The shipping and the handling <laughs> you know, is more no, expensive than the card. But you're not going to I'm not gonna let you do that to me, Zubin, because the card that they were referring to and referencing got to be a card that was made 10 times over. I'm not going out like that. Fair enough. So if you're that's cold blooded, Zubin. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I'm marking that one down. A lot that's of good. shots being fired that, today that's, on this that's show. Good though. Two dollars, huh? Yeah, you are right. Right. And Jay, you got work to do. You're fifty cents behind. All right, here we go. <laughs> that's why my name is second on the show, Zubin. I get it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Jay, this is important. This is right up your alley. The Nets, the NBA, and what's going to be happening with this huge story. Sean Marks, the team's GM, addressing the Kyrie Irving absence what's going on here's the gm and then we'll get jay's reaction they're completely separate from from one another um you know Kyrie's absence and you know the personal issues that he's dealing with it has, has nothing to do with us you know going after and uh, uh attaining james harden in this regarding Kyrie and when he when he'll be hopefully back and rejoining the team you know part of that is going to be up for the nba and, and we're waiting for them to come out with so they're ruling on the health and safety protocols Hopefully we'll have a ruling soon. You know, I have talked to Kyrie, so um, I know he's excited about getting back on the court um, with his teammates, you know, as soon as possible. And just in case you're wondering, uh, if you don't know, and you don't, sometimes you don't see these guys on TV, Sean Marks has that Australian-New Zealand background, so that's where mm-hmm. the James Harden came in there instead of <laughs> James Harden. Um, what do you think here, Jay? So the GM has weighed in. See, it's a win-win for the Nets right now. It's a win-win position. Um, and, and your position is this. If Kyrie decides to come back and be a part of this team, you would think that James Harden, them going out and acquiring him, would get the attention of Kyrie, that we can do it now. We're going to surround all the pieces to get this thing done. If he comes back, great. 
If he doesn't, if he chooses not to, if issues continue, then you have to deal with that. But now you have James Harden and Kevin Durant on the same team. Like that, that is still a recipe for success in the Eastern Conference. I'm not saying that gets you over the hump to beat the Lakers in the finals, but man, it gives you a legit shot. I think I think Kyrie will, will sit back and and um, assess the situation, and he'll be back in the fold. How could you not? Right? Do you want to miss out on the party? No, you don't want to miss out on the party. You want to be a part of that. You don't want to be the reason that they don't make it. You want to be the reason and be a part of why they make it. From a macro sense, Jay, and once again, the Nets will be back on the floor tomorrow night at the Barclays Center. They'll take on Orlando. You know, Sean Marks, I mean, the acquisition of Kevin Durant, the acquisition of James Harden, it has been an incredible run for what he's been able to do and now dealing with the Kyrie controversy. I mean, you want to talk about having your hands full. Really incredible what he's been able to do, but also what's in front of him right now. I got to tell you, though, knowing Sean for a while, Sean sees a lot of things before they happen. I think that's one of his superpowers. And I, I know that Sean spent time thinking about how to react to Kyrie when these issues or something like this potentially comes up. And I think thus far, the way he's had to manage those personalities, strong personalities, uh, I, I would give him a, a pretty good grade. Now, whether that trickle-down effect, how that continues to blossom offensively with Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni, that's something that we're going to be watching throughout the entire year. Mm-hmm. And that's something to keep tabs on, too. Jay brought it up yesterday, but the fact that you've got a first-year coach that, granted, is a two-time MVP, but has never actually been a coach, having to manage all of these personalities, and then having his right-hand man, his old coach, to be able to go and ask advice from. It's just a fascinating situation all the way around. And again, life with Harden begins tomorrow night. We'll see if he's in uniform and Kyrie hopefully back next week. It all begins tomorrow at home against the Orlando Magic. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline, including Bill Parcells coming your way at 8 a.m. Eastern time. On the way, one of Urban's best college players next.